FMX Network Production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp Mech Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I study your show. Like, I saw, like, all right, that's how you mm-hmm. intro. That's mm-hmm. how you go from this conversation to that without it's flipping the beat. Big fan, big fan. Uh, look at you guys. Completely different now. Much appreciated. Thanks for the lessons. You haven't even been knowing that. You've been teaching me. I am not sold that Stu is on tonight. Rack. You looked like Gandalf. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I'm- he raced in 2021. Are you shitting on Troll? If it's about getting lapped, I'm going to be in every episode. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, shit. Like that. Yeah. I'm like 200 pounds. I honestly thought you guys hated me. Sure. I signed a contract. Yeah, right, right. The guy that's winning the race, like, you guys are playing Xbox on Sunday after the race, and he just kicked your ass. Chad was always very threatened by James on the racetrack thing. You need yeah. to hit it with wheel tap at about 25 miles an hour faster than you're going. And he'd be like, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm too scared to do that. I'm too, well, you're going to lose. Funny. I haven't even thought about you since I thought about you last time. And- Kenwood, Louisiana, home of Britney Spears. I'm just adding yeah, trivia. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here to make the show better. Sure, I'm, I'm the best on the road bike. I mean, Steve, that's kind of a dumb question, to be honest. But one of his asshole amateur kids called in. But I hate both of those kids. Phil is a seven-layer fucking burrito of mystery. Fuck you. Is there anything percolating that you can't say that is bubbling up? I know you can't say it on the radio. I know you can't say it out loud. Is there, is there anything, anything that you want to say that you can't say? You know what I'm saying. We worked together in the Batman Forever stunt show at Six oh, Flags Great Adventure. That's right. Just needed a break. I needed, I needed an exhale. I'm ready to expose myself. That I'm just stroking. And I say... Like Dr. Evil? Yes, and I say, hello, Dave. <laughs> I either destroy your race or... You give me my own four-lap race for all the glory for Pulp MX. (laughs) (laughs) That's fake news. I'll get Arthur Draper. You don't need a cat. Okay. I'll bring my own bike, and I'll land on someone for the money. (laughs) I might be wrong about that, but I thought I was right. I didn't owe you that pot. I didn't didn't have to do that for you. What's up? We're back. What's up, Pulp Nation? We have an early Christmas present for you guys with an all-new Red Hot wrap-up show. This week at Show 46... I'm at a loss for what we're really going to talk about. Pretty uneventful show Monday night. I, I just don't know what we're going to get into. But thanks to a couple great guests, we're going to pull this thing off. So without further ado, my first guest is from Start Your Systems and Racer X Magazine, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, Kellen Brower. What up? <laughs> Leading with the Start Your Systems this time. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's what most people seem to love you for. So I, I want to give that some love. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's great to be here. It was uh, it was a rad show, so I'm super stoked to talk about it. Well, man, I can't wait to see what we're going to get into. But first, also on the line from SGB Honda and Cade Clayson's teammate, 
And also sketchy merch. Don't forget about that. Brought to you by Guts Racing, Mr. Alex Ray. Yo, how are we doing, Dark Side? Doing good, man. I am glad you did this. I always feel like you you, you always say yes, but I always kind of feel like eh, you'd probably rather be doing something else, but you, you still come through for me. Dude, always, always come through for my guy. Well, I pre- hey, I'm team. I'm team dark side always. 100%. Are you coming to the live show at mini and supporting the pony? Of course. Of course. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Well, we're going to get into a lot of stuff, but like I said, guys, this week, 486, we're three weeks from Anaheim one and just not a lot of content Monday night. Kellen. I mean, what, what should we talk about? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. Should we talk about how weird Nash's call was that he was basically insinuating that Steve knew something that nobody knew. Okay. So I, 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 you know what? That's funny. I have that in my notes towards the end of the show, but let's, let's get into that right now. Since you brought it up, I feel like he was just asking like, you know, you know, stuff that you're, you can't say Steve always knows stuff that he can't say. Sometimes he says it. Sometimes he doesn't. I felt like he was just wanting to know, is there something that you know that you can't say. Not what is it, but just is there. That's all I thought he wanted. Perhaps, but it did sound a little bit like he was trying to get Steve to talk about Adam's injury, uh, maybe a little bit more than than what Steve let on with Twitter and what he said so far about it. But I, I don't know. It, it was like weird that he kept pushing it even after they're like, yeah, we're not going to say anything. <laughs> I thought it was just a real vague question, Ray. Like, I don't think he had, I didn't think he had anything specific. I just, anyway, what did you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. It was a bit weird. I think Steve does obviously know things that are going on. People are crashing, you know, stuff like that. Little small injuries going on. But I think, yeah, I think he was just trying to pry something out of Steve a little bit. Um, but yeah, Steve actually, for the most part, he hung in there. Usually, he'll spill some beans. Yeah, I thought so, it was it was, fu- it was pretty fun the way they worded it. You know, you know what I'm saying. You know, and no, yeah. no, I don't know what you're saying. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really great though. We did. Yeah, in reality, 486 was loaded with uh, with stuff to talk about. Lots of content. Obviously, JT and Weege's studio, which. Guys, in my opinion, like Kiefer's probably my favorite co-host. But as a group, those three guys, JT, Weege, and Steve, you just, in my opinion, you cannot beat those guys. Hey, Ray, the the review shows and the shows when they're anything they do together, they're just their dynamic together is so good. It makes for the best shows, in my opinion. What do you think about that group? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Weege, he just brings so much to the table with so much knowledge with different types of racing you know and with jt being a racer uh you know his pretty much his entire life uh he has that great aspect of you know he has different perspective on things too so mm-hmm. uh yeah I mean, it's just th- that that group right there man it's it's hard to beat yeah kellen their friendship and their knowledge combined and how well they know each other the history the stories the ball busting that's what makes the group it. chats too uh, see, yeah we, we don't get that stuff eh? well maybe you two do I don't get that so much. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the one thing about it, and JT said it too, is that it's very rare that they're both in studio together. And obviously we hear them every week pretty much doing these review shows where uh-huh. they're busting each other over the phone all the time. But it does seem like they get to kick it up like an extra level to their, their friendship level when they're actually in studio because they get to, you know, have, to have the raw reactions of seeing each other's faces to what they're saying and stuff like that. So it, it makes it that much better than when they're all there together, I think. Yeah, how about, I don't know if you guys watched it back on YouTube, but Weege, like, I asked him about it. He looked like he was 
overheated. His face was red. He was wiping sweat all night. I mean, maybe it was because Steve keeps his house at 72 degrees. I don't know, but he, he looked like he wasn't <laughs> feeling great, Kellen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes weeds can look like he is very bored or like annoyed <laughs> by something, but the reality is that he's actually just stoked to be there and excited and everything. Yeah. So that's kind of how weed is all the time. So I don't really know if maybe he was overheating. Maybe he's getting used to the, the cold weather he's having more on the East Coast, but it's been pretty cold out here too. So I'm not too sure what it was. Yeah, it was, it was, people on YouTube were talking about it. It was pretty entertaining. But anyway, back to 486. Phone guests include Sebastian Tortelli, Levi Kitchen, and some guy named James Stewart. He's been missing for a few years. He's been found. And we got some good calls. Raining Yellow, we talked about Nash. Nick Still from Motor Limited called in. So a, a, a fire show. But let's jump right into Stu, guys. Um, like, just like Stu would jump into a rhythm section, we're going to go all in. <laughs> Stu is super open, talkative. He's like a new guy. When when these guys come back, guys like himself and RV, Weimer, RC, like after a few years, A-Ray, they've become so open and just like real people. They're not the superstars, I guess, that we remember them being or so much where they're like uh, idols almost, and they're just regular dudes, and, and Stu really opened up. Yeah, I think it takes a little bit of time for those guys. You know, they've been – behind a like a camera their whole lives or you know the past 10 years 12 years or whatever and then whenever they step back i feel like it takes them a few years to maybe i don't know get used to just being a normal person again and being able to have an open mind and say what you want to say i guess you know because they've had a camera in their face you know for so many years i feel like they don't know if you know some the things that they want to say i feel like sometimes they don't know if they can say it or not but i feel like now you know i i could hear that in james's voice like and he even said it himself he's like dude i can say whatever i want to say you know i don't have to worry about sponsors or anything of that sort you know it's i can be way more open yeah it's exciting and of course kellen he came on to talk about one of the big news stories is bubba's world the bubba's world pod episode one dropped last week let's listen to what he had to say and we're gonna get into that what what made you want to do it it was probably like a year ago. It was a year ago. I think I was a little off in the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, like, like I want to do this. And he's like, come on, guy. You know, you know how Rob <laughs> is. And I'm like, no, like, no I, I want to do it. And, you know, a part of it, he's probably like, look, man, like, you know, you say you want to do it, but do you really want to do it? I'm like, look, man, I, I actually enjoy, I actually really enjoy doing the recaps. And it's just something I always wanted to do. I really enjoy speaking. Mm-hmm. And so I went to him and he's, he's old school. He was like, nah, man, what, what is a vlog? You know, what is a podcast? I don't listen to that stuff, you know, with age and it's just having more time to really, uh, you know, watch, watch TV stuff. And, and almost, I, I guess kind of what really sparked it is, is working with other riders and working with people and even doing the recaps that like some of the knowledge that I have, like, to be able to kind of spread that. And I actually really enjoy doing that. So um, I, I just wanted to do it. JT, he dropped your name in it. Yeah. He said, uh, I think I just passed Jason Thomas. I'm very excited. Right, right. Very excited. Uh, at <laughs> Houston. Jason passed me back. Well, yeah, I was well, up down the lead up right. over there. If, I, if it's about getting lapped, I'm going to be in every episode, <laughs> which is the best part. <laughs> there was a lot of things that I said that I, I think is just authentic, what you'll hear in yeah. the podcast that Phil wouldn't put in there. Kellen, again, as A-Ray and I just talked about, opened up, uh, talked about the podcast a little bit, why he wanted to do it. I will say, 
I listened to that. I'm sure both you guys had a chance to check it out. He was way better on Pulp Monday night. Maybe he'll get that freed up and that comfortable once he, doing his own thing once it gets going. But I'm most interested to hear the stuff that Feld wouldn't use in those race recaps he did. Yeah, I'm I'm actually very curious. Like, was it maybe like he was too harsh or they just didn't feel like it really fit with the narrative they wanted to, to say? Because it seems weird why they would not have everything that James could ever say in those in those shows out there because he has been so quiet for so long like they they could have made those things an hour and i think people would have watched it <laughs> yeah, you know front yeah. to back so i'm I, i'm definitely with you i'm curious to to hear what he has to say and hopefully we get it frequently enough that he you know reacts to races all the time and then we we get raw opinions from Stu. yeah it's funny guys when when the pod first got mentioned when the the preview or the uh, the teaser got dropped i was like two episodes he's out and other people said, oh, you know, if, you know, I, I think a lot of people were like seven episodes, but like, I'm more, I'm more leaning towards this thing's going to keep going. Now, I don't know that it's going to be two a month. It might get one a month, one every couple months, because I, I'm not all in that Stu's schedule is, you know, uh, put together enough to do these regularly. But what do you think, right? Do you think we'll get these things like for a couple of years? What do you think the timeline and the quantity of shows we get just off, you know, just yeah. as a guess? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You never know with Stu. You yeah, know? I mean, he could he could just disappear again. Hopefully not. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would hope I would hope that he he would want to do one a month. I mean, you know that would that would be awesome. Once you know racing starts going, I mean, like he said, he is a fan of the sport. He watches every type uh, of uh, you know sports, you know motor vehicles or you know anything. I guess he watches hurlings. He watches Supercross outdoors. Can- Canadian races, yeah. Canadian, yeah, exactly. So, oh, um, shit. dude, yeah, that that was awesome too. But uh, yeah, I would hope that we would see uh, or you know see it more than more than once a month. But I'm, yeah. I, if it's once a month, I'm good with that. Yeah, That's better yeah. than nothing. I do hope it gets a little more fluid though, because like I said, the first one was a, a little bit of a struggle, Kellen, but. Also, my perception, I never met Stu, never had a chance to meet him. Uh, my perception was he's pretty quiet, right? He keeps himself. He's disappeared. And now he's like, I want to talk to everybody. I, I want to talk. I like talking. I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, And, and of, of course, I immediately texted Mark. So I was like, hey, he wants to talk to everybody. I'm everybody. Give me those digits. <laughs> Give me those digits. But uh, that did not happen. But I, I that surprised me. It, yeah, it does surprise me a lot, too, because as he alluded to a little bit later on in his segment, um, you know, he's done like a lot of searching for himself these last couple of years. And Mathis has talked a lot about how um, kind of like shy or, or reserved, I guess, James was when, you know, output to the public. I feel like they would do interviews, interviews with him back in the day. And he was, you know, the million dollar smile and seemed like he was just so happy go lucky. And it was weird to hear that he was as reserved as he was. So, right. yeah, it's it sounds like it's a completely uh, different stew than even the stew that Mathis and Weege and, and JT knew five years ago. Like he's completely changed his demeanor. So it's great to hear, uh, but it is kind of surprising. Yeah. I think one of his quotes and it may be one of these pieces of audio I have where he says something like I found myself, I'm a new, new guy or something. And we'll get to that. Uh, there's a lot of stew audio. This, uh, this interview went something like an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and seven minutes, maybe the longest interview on Pulp MX show ever. I, I don't know of any other that have gone over an hour. It's fantastic. Uh, with him starting a podcast, this one's going to burn us for a while, 
but he apparently has gained a new appreciation for the media. It, it was it was tough because I, I've never been in a position to lead anything. I've always been asked questions, and it's yeah. it's a night and day difference <laughs> doing what you guys do compared to like the easiest. Like, how do you feel, James? Well, I feel good, you know, compared to being like, you know, trying to get it. So I give you guys a lot of credit on that, and it's it's actually, uh, you know, for me, it just gives me a whole new perspective and and whole new, um, you know, appreciation of, of what you guys do. So it's cool. So you'll get better as you do more episodes. That that's for sure. I study your show. Like I saw, like all right, that's how you mm-hmm. intro. That's mm-hmm. how you go from this conversation Be- to that without flipping the beat. Big fan, big fan. I'll look at you guys, completely different now. Much appreciated. Thanks for the lessons. You haven't even been knowing that. You've been teaching me. Teaching Stu. Uh, hey, Ray. You know- what I- Teaching we, we, we didn't need this. We Shit. unbelievable. You know, not you, if you want to learn from the this. best, you yeah. watch the best. That's what you do. And <laughs> Stu knows. Like, people that are listening, you don't Stu know knows. how insufferable Steve is off the air with this stuff. You, like you, This will be you. in every text and every conversation. Yeah, that's what I was meaning by burning us or A-Ray. Is Steve is never going to let this one oh. go. I, if anyone knows how Steve is, they know that he's never going to let this go. I mean, he's going to be talking about this, like, I don't know, probably for the next 20 years of his yeah. life. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, this is like a big deal for Steve, and he's he's hanging on to it. You know, he's riding the train out the whole time. Oh, yeah. Between the Nets, uh, myself, you know, he, he being Jeannie Carmichael for myself, he's going to take credit for everything. And now Stu basically just gave him all the credit his big head can no. That's why he has to have the, the ceilings in that house. Is oh to, yeah, 100%. <laughs> hey, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why uh, Weeds. You think he was he was sweating and he was just maybe the the big house was just stressing him out so much. He's like, oh, how do you pay for all this? Yeah, or something that, of this sort. That or Steve it was, was just stressing him out. Steve was taking all the oxygen out of the room with the with the the big head. Uh, yeah, or Steve <laughs> forgot his wallet and he had to buy Starbucks. Right, right. Kellen, though, as media, it's cool to hear a writer say that he found an appreciation, right? I I get that these guys are probably like, God damn, I don't want to talk to this guy after this race, or I don't want to tell the story again. I don't want to deal with this. My day is full already as a racer. Dealing with the media is probably the last thing a lot of these guys want to do, but it's kind of cool to hear him go, hey, I have an appreciation for what you do. It's not easy, and you know, I'm not putting my boat myself in the boat of a Steve or, or Weege or, or, you know, those guys, but it is a lot of work. It's not easy. And it's kind of cool to hear him say that. Yeah. I 100% agree that it, it's, it's great to hear that from him too, because he's, he's one of those guys that I think a lot of times probably looks at the media and goes, ah, oh, I just don't want to talk to this guy. But you know, like any of us that are in the media, we, we love the sport to death and, and, you know, we think so highly of anybody that can do it at a high level uh, and we, it, it's nice to know that from Stu's perspective, at least now there's a little bit of mutual respect that, you know, the, the people that are in the media are good at their job or, or at least, you know, to a degree that they're, you know, teaching him, I guess, in this way with Mathis. But, um, you know, he, he finally kind of realizes that, you know, we're professionals too, just the same way he's a professional. We're just a professional in a different way. Yep. Uh, so it was really refreshing to hear that. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, guys, Gus Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Gus Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lamson and McGrath in the 90s to Carmichael and Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. 
If it's style performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Kellen, you were up at the mansion yesterday for the race preview shows. How'd that go? How were the guys? Uh, it went great. The guys were good. We're, uh, I just finished up the first episode of the preview show today, at, uh, actually like five minutes before you called me. So uh, that's going to be coming soon, and then we'll have four more episodes after that because they like doing five episodes for this thing. So it was good, and yeah, the banter was great. So you finished that up about the time A-Ray was taking his three-and-a-half-minute shower. Yeah, apparently. Uh, are we going to talk about that? or? <laughs> yeah, A-Ray, A-Ray texts me. I'll be ready after I get a shower. And like before I could even walk into the studio almost, he was done. I was like, A-Ray, did you like manscape? Did you even wash? Dude, yeah. Manscaped, everything. I even fucking shaved my legs, dude. I don't fuck around <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> in and out. Just like I like, – yeah, that's how in I – In and out. Yeah, in and out, man. I dig it. Uh well, hey, Kellen, when they talk 250s, I, so I just submitted an article to Weeds today on Jordan Smith. Did they mention Jordan Smith at all? They did, yes. Okay. Uh, but it, it did, just to give a little bit of behind the scenes, it was, I would say Smith was one of those that it's like, hey, I know we're missing people. Who else do we need to add to the list? Yeah. And he, so he wasn't like the forefront of the mind, but um yeah, I mean, they did talk about him. I think they probably talked about him because of the involvement that Marty has. So they're a little bit stoked with that. But yeah, they did get to him. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I called them out at the end of my article. If they did not give him a, a credit as a bit of a threat, then I think they're missing the boat. Because, <laughs> dude, that guy, you know, we're off topic for just a second. But if you think the last three years, injury filled, two years before that, fourth and second in the points, you know. Yeah, he had the red plate there for a bit. Yeah, well, in 17, he went into Vegas leading, and then he crashed. He probably would have won the championship instead of Zacco. When he crashed, he was winning the title in Vegas. And then in 18, he was eight points behind Zacco uh, with a couple podiums, you know, like five or or maybe seven top tens. I don't even remember. But, like, yeah, he's – the the dude's got talent, so I think he should be in the mix. But we're off topic. I apologize. If Steve even listens to this, so, um, uh, but Stu talked a little bit about working with Chase. That was a big, uh, obviously, topic earlier this year. Let's hear what he had to say. When Chase came to me, he said, "This is what I want. I want to. I, I want to be feared. Like I, yeah. I want to have that attitude of like God's fearing me." And I'm like, "Look, dude, like." If that's the way it is, I think you, you're going to have to start separating yourself. Because I think a bigger part of what made me fear Ricky, what made me fear Chase, I mean, uh, Chad was, I didn't know those guys. Like, I didn't see them all, all during the week and stuff. Now, the guy that's winning the race, like, you guys are playing Xbox on Sunday after the race, and he just kicked your ass. Like, I, <laughs> I don't get that. And, and he was like, no, that's the way I want. I want to get away from all that. And so I'm like, look, you – and a part of that, you're going to have to start making decisions and, and being your own person because I believe if anything goes wrong, anything goes positive, like you win that race, it's because of you, right? Like it's because of you. And I went through my whole career of like, you know, almost feeling like I was trying to do things for other people, like including my family, you know, fans. And at times, like I hated racing because of that. And it wasn't until like, you know, I guess the end of my career when I'm battling like intense place at watch you go. And I'm like, Look, this is all I got. Like, if you don't like it, it is what it is. I can't do anything. Uh, anyway, I want to go to you first because, all right. So I'm a guy that I love 
that a lot of these writers are friends. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, like, Daniel Blair loves the drama. He wants the guys to hate each other. I like that they ride together, that they talk shit, you know, they, they go hang out. Like, I enjoy that stuff as a fan. As a racer and a fan of the sport, where do you fall? Uh, I'm a little bit of both. I'm usually, I'm friends with a lot of the people that I race with. Um, but as, I don't know, man, it's weird. Once it gets closer and closer to Anaheim, like, you start to, like, get that, like, itch and that motivation, like, that you just, I mean, you want to kick all your friends' fucking asses. Well, yeah, that's so okay. It's like, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it's good. But sometimes, like, I don't know, you just got to look at them and, and look at them a different way. You know what I mean? And it's it's tough. But uh, I'm I'm more of a friend, like, to most of my uh, people that I race with. But it just depends. Like, on race day, like, I'll talk to people. But at the same time, it's like, hey, man, like. If I fucking clean your clock out, you know what I mean? Like, don't fucking, you know, you know it's coming. Yeah. So. But I feel like Stu is basically saying if you want to be feared, you can't be friends with these guys. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get that, I guess, but I don't, I don't like that so much. I mean, maybe that's what Chase would need. Maybe that would elevate his game some. I don't know. I'm not in that boat. I just Yeah, know. I think I think it would I, I, I would agree with James a little bit because yeah. I mean I'm obviously in a different boat than than you know Chase. I mean these guys are going for wins. These guys get paid a lot of money to win races. Like that's what they get paid to do. That's what they train to do. That's you know what they wake up and go to sleep thinking about each day. And I think that, you know, James has, you know, something to say about that. You know, he's been there, he's done it, he's won races and he knows how to win. And I feel like, you know, there's some things that you have to sacrifice sometimes if you want to be feared, like Chase said that he wanted to be feared. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, there's a good point there, but I, I like, like, you know, we always obviously go to you and Kate, it's fun. Uh, Steve talks about it, but like you guys have no problem annihilating each other on the track and you might be mad. You might be mad for a couple of weeks, but you're still buddies so you guys yeah, I, can't, are, I can't tell you how many times i rode back rode past the prmx fucking rig last year with my finger yeah. up at that son of a bitch you know what i mean so <laughs> well, yeah yeah I, yeah I i told so. you i was i think i told you i wasn't happy with the the, the dallas thing but regardless oh, i was but <laughs> regardless though like you guys are able to find that separation we can be buddies but we both yeah. Know, yeah, like it's mutual we both it's mutual when you're friends. It's also mutual on track. Each, each each one of you guys is willing to take each other out to make the main event. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I yeah, like it. of course. Kellen, what are your thoughts on the uh, being Chase being feared and separating himself? Yeah, I think it's probably a, a good idea for him just because he's still trying to get his footing in the 450 class to a degree. And I think that, um, you know, even if you go back to uh, Atlanta, uh, I can't remember, is Atlanta won, I believe, last year when he was leading right up until the end. And then it just seemed like uh, Tomac just kind of ate him up and ate him for breakfast and, and, you know, went on to what, to take the win. And so if you're Sexton, I feel like you need to get a little bit of that fighting attitude in you where you, you can basically fight those guys off and they're going to be a little bit more scared of you when they come up behind you late in the race that you're not going to, you know, just kind of lay over. You're going to fight back. You're going to, shove it in and maybe put him over a berm or something like that. So yeah. I think it's it's a good idea for Chase to get a little bit of that in him. I personally do like you like when people are friends, but it's it's also something that's kind of needed in our sport where you need to have that aggressive side of you when you put the helmet on. Yeah, like, I mean, Zach Osborne, right? Nicest guy in the world off the track. Or Andrew Short, nicest guy in the world. <laughs> Smiley-faced assassin. Yeah, both those guys, nicest guys, two of the nicest guys on the planet, 
but they will kill you on the track. I mean, yeah. And go ahead. In dark side too, you got to think about it. Like say if AC goes to, uh, James's place to ride with chase mm-hmm. and, and James is there and everything. All of us moto guys were fucking head cases, right? Like, I mean, one thing could be off and our whole day is just fucked. So, I mean, they could be, you know, they just get done with their warm up or whatever. They go back to the garage. AC's talking to Chase. Hey, man, dude, your bike looks a little funky over there. He's like, <laughs> what? What? What the fuck? Oh, shit. So then he's on the phone. He's chasing his tail the whole day. Like, it could just be little stuff like that. Okay. That, I think a lot of the stuff like that or that or lap times, you know, AC could be a half a second faster than, than Chase and that get into Chase's head. And then, you know, it could screw his day up like that. But if Chase is out there by himself, just him and James separating himself, he he has good quality days of training, and he doesn't have someone else in his head, or he doesn't have someone else in his ear chirping at him, telling him something you know different. Yeah, I think that that's the main the main thing I think that James was was trying to get at. You don't have ten people telling you and pulling you in certain directions. You just have like you and your trainer and your bike and you're out there and you're doing your work and you're moving forward. All right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I don't know that I like it as much, but that's all right. Let's, let's shift gears for a minute. We'll step away from Stu, but we're coming back. Uh, Levi kitchen guys. Again, I like this kid. Uh, he, he doesn't seem like a kid. He, he's comfortable. Kellen talking to Steve and joking, you know, a lot of, a lot of rookies. They're not used to doing the interviews. They're a little, uh, quiet on, on the mic or whatever. And he, he jokes, he, he tells his points. I think Levi's going to be a really good pro. Like he's going to be really good to deal with. He's going to be good on the podium speeches. He's comfortable with who he is. Uh, you know, he said he kind of, he was a normal kid because his amateur career really came on late and he was able to be an amateur or a normal kid till he was 17. I, I just see that coming out in him a little bit. He is more normal quote unquote. Yeah, I would I would agree, and I think that you know he fits uh, he fits in well with kind of Steve and Steve's audience because yep. as a young kid, you know he has older tendencies as he talked about on the show. He he likes to watch old races, he likes to listen to older music, and he's a little bit more kind of down to earth and uh, maybe not you know head in the clouds and in social media every day and everything like that. Like he said, he isn't you know following people on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and stuff religiously. So. Yeah. Um, I think that all fits in really well with the pole five. And I thought it was great that, uh, you know, Steve said that he reached out to Steve to come on the show, which, as you know, is always, is always great when us media members just have someone that basically want to be, you know, have a, have their story told or to talk or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to deal with over the years. Yeah. You mentioned him liking older music and I was wondering, because Steve hit me up maybe early in the week, said, hey, new sound check's coming soon. You're going to like it. But he didn't tell me who. I'm wondering if it's Levi after those comments, because that kind of struck me Monday night. It's like, oh, I wonder if that's what he means. You know, you listen to good older music. Maybe maybe it's going to be Levi. It's, it's not going to be me. I know that. <laughs> Fucking Steve. Uh, maybe, though. Could be. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't know if anybody cares about the sound checks, but I like the sound checks. Uh, I, I like them a lot. Personally, I'm not a huge music fan either, but... It was. It's always nice to get a little bit more uh, depth out of you know these athletes that we follow. But um, you know, I've in the past like couple of weeks, I've gotten all these team, team intros, and I I have to ask the standard questions. But I've actually had a lot more fun just kind of BSing with the yep. guys, you know. So it's it's a lot more fun to uh, get that side of them, and the sound checks I feel like get it out of them because it gets more into their personalities. 
Yeah, very true. Uh, the funny thing about this interview a little bit, A-Ray, was the YouTube comments were really bringing up the fact that Steve and we, the guys, they were asking Levi about almost every rider on star but himself. Like, they asked about Eli. They asked about Christian, J-Mart, oh, Seth I know, Rowe. right? Did you catch that? The, that's, yeah. Yeah. They asked him about the personnel, Eli, yeah. Ferrandez, freaking J-Mart. Like, hey, is J-Mart in a freaking easy up? You know, yeah. Is he cussing everybody out? Like, <laughs> like, damn, just ask this dude, like, what he had for lunch. And right. Least, damn, like. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Well, and then Steve asked uh, about Eli, and we got a stellar response. Bro, yeah. how, how's Tomac? Oh, he's unreal. Come on, stop it. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I mean, Steve, that's kind of a dumb question, to be honest. Well, how okay. Nice. I like it. Okay. Yeah, kind of a dumb question, Steve. I mean, uh, duh, Eli is looking good, Steve. <laughs> just just want to play that audio that's really all that was for uh they did try to get him to reveal who was riding what coast and he held strong and maybe he really didn't know but they were definitely pounding him on that and he he held strong but anyway levi kitchen really good interview i didn't have much else on him do either one of you guys have anything that stood out yeah i just think that freaking steve was just trying to pry some pry all those answers out of him that dude that's a freaking dick move by steve i feel okay. like he's just gonna get he's just gonna get freaking levi in trouble levi's never gonna get to talk to steve on the pulp show ever oh, again good point yeah because star, yeah. star will shut that shit down won't they yeah yeah they, they all freaking hate steve already so that's just freaking icing on the cake right there yeah all the guys that like steve pretty much left so yeah, <laughs> Will and Jericho I guess Levi's are is only in right there at Star, and I think he just fucked it up. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Good point. Uh, a little bit of talk about the World Supercross. Um, I don't know, uh, Kellen. What do you think about this thing? Like their their thoughts and their breakdown of it needing to be profitable. The history of other people trying to do it. You know, competing against the nationals. It was interesting. I I didn't really. I don't feel very strongly about this working. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm torn with it because I do remember a little bit of the old world uh, GP or, or world supercross stuff back in the day. Um, and, you know, like part of me wants to think that supercross has evolved so much these days that more and more athletes will be interested in doing like a Brayton program. But everybody I talked to so far about it says like, well, there were people that were doing Brayton type programs back in the day and it still didn't really matter. The series still died. So, mm. um, I, I mean, I want it to succeed because I feel like that's a, a, a niche that isn't covered enough. Like, w- like that there are other places than the U S that care about supercross, but it's going to be a tough road for them to climb. I think I, I, I somewhat agree, but a Ray, I do think that the American fans have come around to other you know, it used to be just American Supercross, American Nationals, but we're into the GPs now way more than we were 10 years ago. We're way more, we'll watch Canadian Moto, we'll watch Paris Supercross, we'll watch freaking the uh, Hoosier Arena Cross that's on TV now. It's so much easier to, to get coverage and TV of these races now. I think people would watch it. I don't think it would be anywhere near as successful as they would need it to be, though. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you. I think people would people would love it if it was available to them. Um, you know, uh, like like you said, you know, the Hoosier Arena Cross, uh, just like the GPS, mm-hmm. the Moto here, everything. I just think, uh, I mean, they just it's tough to say, man. Yeah, I I personally would love it. I would travel everywhere. I would 
freaking put a bike in a crate and go anywhere. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it would just have to survive somehow and hopefully, hopefully it does. Yeah. We'll see. I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the near future. You guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX show. Obviously Randy Richardson, one of the Pulp MX family. Now I'm excited to announce that Michelin bicycle tires is once again, a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX wrap up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. All right, you guys want to get back to Stu? Boy, do I. (laughs) All right. All right, that sounds very exciting. Uh, Steve, first of all, Steve landing this interview, like that's big, I think. There's a lot of podcasts now. There's a lot of big shows. I mean, whether you take Swap Moto Live, Whiskey Throttle, I mean, Gypsy Tales, all those guys are getting huge guests. I'll include the Moto X Pod show. But Stu goes to Pulp. I mean, I think, A-Ray, that really tells where Mathis and what he's created falls in the hierarchy yeah, I think he's he's one of the you know I, th- I think personally he is the biggest podcast in our in our industry and yeah in dude I mean he's he's worked his ass off to get where he is you know he's been doing podcasts for shit twelve years something maybe even longer and and you know it's just awesome to see you know I I am fortunate of you know Steve because. Hell, he he wanted to do a podcast with Caden and I a few years ago, and then now my name is a lot bigger because of Steve, you know. And now I do a lot of podcasts with with you, Darkside. I do a podcast with Swap Moto Live every week, um, and just seeing you know the way Steve's audience has grown, and you know, I think he's even helping the sport because he's getting all of these people who are. I don't know, like all these new YouTube people who are watching his, his show and, and everything of the sort. And I feel like they're all getting into moto, you know, I don't know. I feel like he's getting a new audience. Yeah. He definitely, audience. You talk about, we all talk about growing the sport and being on different networks. And, you know, he's talked about being on Leno. Now it hasn't jumped to NASCAR heights. It hasn't jumped huge, in huge strides, but there are people like maybe, Myself, you know, and I, I got Amber involved, and she would play fantasy. You know, now Steve didn't start motocross fantasy, but Pulp Fantasy is a probably the biggest fantasy game in, in moto. So, like, she would kind of pay attention to what riders were doing, and she would text me and be like, so-and-so got hurt today. You know, she was keeping up with stuff. So that helps grow the sport a little bit. Uh, and then the privateer island stuff he's done, like you said, for you and Seven Deuce Deuce, that gets more eyes on people that, 20 years ago, I would have probably paid zero attention to. Uh, so, Kellen, yeah, there's a lot of things Steve has done. The Yamaha uh, privateer fund that we're going to talk about later, where he, he gives back to the, the privateers. Fans get free motorcycles because Yamaha's willing to give fucking three or sometimes four motorcycles away. It's unreal. I mean, that's that's unprecedented in our sport with other media guys. Like, there's not a chance in hell I could pull that off. And I don't think anybody else could either, really. I, I agree. And, and I think, uh, you know, just talking back to getting Stu on the show for Steve, I think what that comes down to more than anything is what Steve always talks about with the people in the carrot and the ears and everything like that. 
Steve goes to these races and he's gone to these races for two decades and he has so many relationships with people. And it, I think that is what helps him, you know, get such a, a reach of audience and different people in this sport because he'll, he'll interview, you know, mechanics and he'll interview industry personnel, but he'll still get Stu. And he'll, you know, he has such a wide spectrum of, of the different people and different types of riders and different types of people that he covers. Um, and I think that's what helps him grow so much because he is, is just well known in all areas of the industry. It's not just the racing. It's, it's the mechanical side. It's the, yeah. uh, you know, industry, industry side, it, it, everything. He's, he's all over the place. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So back to Stu, as I said, they, they talked about back in Stu's era, like you kind of had to pick sides. JT got in on this. Let's listen. That era, and you know, I was around it with Chad, and and he and you know Chad and James were huge rivals, and Chad and Ricky were huge rivals, and everybody was huge rivals. I think being in the midst of that and watching it and just being friends with people, there were you had to pick sides. There, you know, because oh, yeah. it was you were either on this team or you were on that team and there were there was no gray area and you picked your side and that's how you lived your life every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. 15 yeah. years removed from that. I think everybody is mature enough, old enough to go like, it doesn't have to be this way anymore. Like yeah. everybody yeah. was just doing their thing. Right. They, actually, they actually weren't bad people. Like maybe I should go back and try to mend those fences. Cause those guys were just racing too. The only way I would talk to RC is if, if, if there was a way I could use whatever we were talking about against them to beat them at the race. So I see Tomac and, and Roxon on airplanes. Like he, RC, yeah, he could come on my airplane, but it was guaranteed there was a reason why, and it was to beat him on Saturday. Yeah. That was it. Otherwise, yeah. I don't like you. And so, and that's kind of like when we talk like now, like, you know, we'll, we'll get into it in more in this podcast. But yep. even lately, man, I've had some stories, you know, with RC about Watch You Go back in 2006. And I was like, dude, when you hit me off the track, I, I swear I was trying to take your head off. Like I was trying to kill you. And he was like, man, I was so scared. Like, and, and having those conversations and we're just like laughing, right. um, you know, with it now, but for sure, I, I call like this kind of new age, it's kind of like one big, you know, it's- OG fest. You also got to understand too, there was only like three guys that was really competing. So, you know, now you got like 10 guys that actually, you know, up there. So it's, it's harder to hate everyone. You know, I can just hate, you know, a quarter of the field. So yeah, <laughs> like, look, man, I just rather not hate you for whatever reason I did hate you. Let's just move on. Let's have right. a coffee and be gone. Um, Kellen, this is so great. I, like we could have done the whole wrap up on just this stoop stuff really, but I love like there's too many guys to hate now. Uh, like this, the attitude we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Just it just sets a different vibe. Like I don't know that anybody at the races anymore has that same mentality, other than maybe Jmart and Phil Nicoletti. Uh, yeah, potentially. But I think that the, the coolest thing that I've seen with Stu is I really thought he would never, ever have a relationship with Chad Reed yes. after the days and, and the things that they went through. And for him to say as many like amicable things about Chad as he has in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, the, there was a photo of them at uh, 2020 Tampa, I think, where they're hanging out behind the motorhomes and talking and stuff like that. That relationship is really cool to see because it, it's almost like uh, – uh, you know, it was like chicken and Bradshaw or whatever, that they just hated each other yeah. so much that you just never thought they would be able to connect ever again. But to, to see where he's at, uh, you know, kind of like matured to a level where he, he can kind of let all that behind him and Chad can let it all behind him and they can talk. 
man, the stories if those two get on a podcast is going to be insane. Oh, I agree. Well, since you brought up uh, Chad, uh, you know, I talked to Chad like a couple weeks ago. You know, again, played golf with him. Mm-hmm. I I talked to RC. Me and RC, we were texting each other, and, and I was like, dude, I I'm, I just want to say I'm sorry. I don't even know why I was mad at you. You know, like, and he was like, oh, same thing. So, again, it's just, you know, I think we the everybody has an appreciation for everybody and there's no competing. You know, I think I want the best for him. He wants the best for me. And even like I told Raj, I'm like, you know, even coming on this show, like maybe back at one point, I'd be like, I'm, I can't go and pull because I have mine. I'm like, forget that. Like I want to go everywhere. And so being away from the sport, it's, and then the the love and appreciation that I have for everybody and and vice versa. Like it, it's definitely made me want to come back out and you'll for sure see me, um, either at the races or, you know, on this podcast a lot more than it was back then for sure. That's uh, that's funny that you and RC talked because RC and I hashed out, uh, what, five or six years of kind of bitterness, Ricky and I did. RC, especially back in the day, man, he was he's so competitive, right? So he was mad mm-hmm. about stuff I was writing about and saying about you, and then I got mad at him, and we all we didn't talk, RC and I, for a long time. And then he, him and I talked this or last year at Salt Lake City, and we're totally fine now. Hey, Ray. Do we see something at Supercross at a round opening ceremony or something with RC, Chad, and Stu? Dude, that would be so sick, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like with I mean, all this... Stu has a bike. Stu has a Honda. Yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> fuck, even if he didn't, like, like they couldn't get him one. I mean... He I, just walks out on the podium, like, in opening ceremonies, like, all three of them, just like... Ah. Dude, can you imagine, <laughs> like, not telling any... If they could keep that on the DL and just, like... As soon as they go live, flames at the podium, those three walk out or come out on bikes. Oh my God. Oh, dude, that would be so sick. Oh, Kellen, can we, how do we make this happen? Like, obviously, like Feld, 2005 all over again. Yes. Like, Feld has to know this is, you know, they, I'm sure they are way ahead of us trying to figure out how to do this. But, like, I have hope these three will be seen at an event again together. I believe they will be on bikes for something, even if it's a fucking parade lap, <laughs> it's going to happen. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, it would be fantastic. I'll tell you where I really wish I'd see them is, could you imagine if we got RC, Chad, and Stu in studio for 500? Oh, on that, Pulp? that was big talk on YouTube. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, God, I didn't even think insane. of that. Yeah, that was big talk on YouTube. It, I mean, he would have to fly everybody first class. It would cost a fortune. Wait. You know he would pay for that, though. Oh, God, yes. Yes, and <laughs> he absolutely has room for them all now if they want to stay. Uh, I feel bad. Hey, Ray, have you been to the new house? Yes. Okay, yeah, I mean, like, I kind of feel bad for, like, the Bellagio. Like, you look out the, the window of the upper <laughs> level of the Bellagio, and all you see is Steve's house. Like, it's just blocking everything. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah, honestly, I would love to just... Man, I would love to be there for show 500 if they even did something like that, you know, because you hear the stories of back in the day, you know, like uh, like Chad gambling and and, and losing (laughs) all the money and and then winning it back and stuff like that. I would I would be curious to see like how would they're like if if Steve flew them in like a like a night early or something like how the night would go. You know what I mean? Those stories would be better (laughs) that there would need to be a vlog of that because that would probably be better than what we got on air. Just them guys. Oh, that'd be great. Gee. Oh. And then even like RV in there Chills. with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine oh. RV in there? He's just agging it all on. It, oh. 
okay, we just need to cut this off. I have chills. I need to go calm down. <laughs> You're like weed right now. Yeah. Well, or JT. Yeah. Either with, with, or no, Steve has said, I think I need to have a smoke after this. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. All right. Let's slow down. Let's back up a little bit or let's back it down just a little bit. Sebastian Tortelli. Okay. I love this interview. I like Sebastian. What he had. I like, I like him as a guest. I wish they had gotten into more racing, his history, his stories that I know they were mainly focused on the e-bike stuff, but I wanted more JT stories, more travel stories, more race stories, but Kellen, uh, S- Sebastian Tortelli. Yeah, he was, I thought he was a great guest. It kind of is a bummer that he's a little bit overshadowed by how good Stu was as a guest, but yep. yeah, um, it was, it was really cool to hear, uh, you know, kind of his perspective on the whole e-bike thing, because he's obviously kind of lived through many different generations of racing now. Like he won his world titles on two strokes, but he ended his career on four strokes. And then now he's seeing the e-bike evolution come up. So he, he's really kind of seen so much of, of what the sport has to offer. And, um, it was nice to hear that, like, he's going to be so dedicated to helping this, this project grow and, uh, you know, putting more time into it, because I think, they really do need someone like that. Like it's cool to have Hill because I think Hill will push that bike to the limit and, and give it, you know, kind of everything it can handle. Mm-hmm. But I think you need someone more, a little bit, maybe more articulate like Tortelli is to give that bike the, you know, the, the details and the fine tuning that it needs. Like he was talking about the first time he got on the bike, the, the first thing that he was trying to change was the plastics on it because right. they, you know, made, made the plastics a lot more like, you know, sleek and stylish. And he got on the bike and, and probably thought I can't even grip the bike with my knees because you have these plastics, you know, in the wrong spot and stuff like that. And that kind of stuff is really cool to hear because you just don't hear development of a new bike like that. So, right. um, it was great to hear all that. Obviously, like you said, it would have been cool to hear a little bit more of the racing stories, but I, I did like hearing the, the e-bike talk. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. He's, it was sort of overshadowed. As I said, when I called in, like I, I just, I could have, Ended my listening after Stu. I had so much content. But, um, hey, Ray, Sebastian Tortelli, man, what would you think? Dude, I think he was a great guest. Um, you know, when you think of Sebastian Tortelli, you think of, you know, uh, that big Suzuki freaking in on the – four or Suzuki 450, um, you know, him on uh, Factory Honda, just all those iconic, you know, races. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, listening to him on the show, me as a fan, you know, I was, like, loving it. Um, you know, I loved what he had to say about, um, the e-bike, all of that sort, you know, how fast it is, you know, when the due date is, I'm curious. I wish he would have said a little bit more about like how many they actually did sell or, oh, the, yeah. or how Pre-sale? many pre-orders they yeah. had. Yes. Yeah. I would have loved to have heard that number. Obviously, you know, they have their embargoes and all that sort. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, like I just, I thought it was funny how, uh, he was talking about like the whoops, um, you know, on the, on the e-bike and, you know, the different characteristics of it versus the Alta. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I just, I just thought it was a great interview. Yeah. I'm one of those that's excited about e-bikes. Like I, I, my backyard's big enough. I could put a little rut track in and to have an no, e-bike. Man, you're, you're a big two-stroke guy. You're a big two-stroke guy. You're, you're <laughs> Soon, man. Hopefully, I get that thing in at A1. I don't know if, yeah, but I'll take an e bike too. And a four, I got a four stroke too, A Ray. Do they call you dark side because like your pony covers up like the backside? And then now you're going to be light side because you ain't going to have no hair back. <laughs> you, you know why 
my Twitter handle's dark side, right? For reals? Yeah, you're okay. a freaking Star Wars guy, yeah. I'm a dork, yeah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know, yeah. The hair thing, man, they they mentioned the girl that's gonna cut my hair and they sent me a picture of her and it, it I don't know. I'm 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 whatever. I told Kiefer where, where are we at with that? Where are we at with that, huh? I'm kinda of back and forth. Like a couple weeks ago I called Kiefer and I was like, dude, I'm kind of excited. It's a new you know, it's a new era, whatever. And I'm not as excited anymore. But Dude, you no. sound almost you're, you're like emotional almost. You're like, a man, little. it's it's the, it's the beginning of the end. My countdown <laughs> <Yeah>. is on. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I I told Amber because you know Amber and I are back together, and I was like, all right, like pick a race, one of the races I'm going to that you want to go to, because I'll you know all the my tickets are paid for by sponsor money, so I don't use that to take her, but I'll pay for a ticket to one round. She's like, well, I'm not going to Minneapolis where you're getting your hair cut. Not doing that. <laughs> I was like, well, sorry. I made that I made that agreement when we weren't together, and it was starting over. So, dude, I oh, get a man. lot of that dirt bike, dude. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll grow back or whatever. I, I'm excited. I am pretty excited about the bike. I mean, I'm really excited about the bike. I, I'm, I got parts. I'm li- literally looking at all my blue parts from Works Connection just sitting here waiting and waiting. And uh, Race Tech's going to do the suspension. Uh, I've got a few other people that reached out doing some stuff to help out. So it's it's cool, man. And speaking of Race Tech, Race Tech rant, Pulp 21. Uh, let's listen to it. My Race Tech rant of the night is it's Phil, a mystery wrapped in a riddle. He is Phil is like the burrito where you have everything in a seven-layer burrito. And you, you got all these layers, and in the center is what you know the steak or the or, or chicken or whatever you want, and that's the good part. But to get to it, you got to eat the shitty beans and the shitty guac <laughs> and the shitty rice. Phil is a seven-layer fucking burrito of mystery. Who made me a sandwich for lunch in a Tupperware container? Phil Nicoletti. He made me a breakfast sandwich. JT. He stopped to get me creamer for my coffee in the morning. This he, ungrateful person, Steve Mathis. Phil Nicoletti goes to the grocery store the day before Mathis flies in to yep. buy him Starbucks coffee and his favorite creamer to brew in the house. And Steve says, no, I'd rather go to Starbucks itself. No, to get I, just, my custom. I just said, is so there Starbucks he, around here? That's all. I, 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 you didn't drink it. So I like Phil. Phil's a nice guy. We, right? know, we know you like Phil. But the <laughs> fucking guy, he's, his house is 62 degrees when I walk in after that first, that first night. Mm-hmm. And I'm begging him. I like it cold, too. Dude, 62, though? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, I said, Phil, it's fucking so cold in here. He said, you got fucking shorts on. Can I leave you a 20? And he's like, no. <laughs> I said, I swear to God, I will leave $20. Can we put it at 72? He about 72. had a fucking heart attack. We keep our house at 72. 72 is warm. And he was yelling at Troll for no reason. He's like, Troll's fucking got his bacon fingers. Troll eats bacon, licks his fingers, and then touches everything in Phil's house. <laughs> We're all on our phones on Phil's couch. He's got no end tables, no coffee table, okay? Nothing. Just Nothing hung on the walls, uh, no decorations. No, nothing, nothing on the walls. Nothing. Blank. Just, yeah. A couch and a TV. Yeah. Fuck, Alex, you irritate me. And Alex is like... Yeah, yeah. What, what, Phil? What did I do, Phil? Phil, I'm just sitting here. Why are you so mad? And the seven-layer burrito, the, the the steak is really nice, yeah. but there's a lot more rice and a lot more beans. Hey, Ray, I, I don't really hear any problems. I I don't either. I mean, 62, hell, that's freaking awesome. That's just perfect. I mean, that's what I sleep with my window open whenever it's like 45 degrees outside. Hells, you know, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dude, I sleep like a baby, you know? <laughs> it was 59 degrees in my house this morning. Yeah. I mean, it's same, it's same in mine. We don't turn on the heat. You know, we have that, you know, the shit's expensive out here in California. That's why I took a freaking quick shower because freaking water, dude. It costs <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, realistically, look, I mean, Phil seems angry at a lot of stuff and he rants and raves but so does steve in just a different way but but there's oh nothing. yeah i mean have you ever been around steve whenever he hadn't had his coffee in the morning no i have not oh my gosh man yeah it's 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 like phil and i love that when whenever steve he impersonates phil that is actually how phil sounds like whatever he's like talking though sometimes it's yeah. actually pretty funny well and weeds <laughs> did one too right later on in the show about i'll, I'll give me a bike and i'll land on the guy <laughs> yeah yeah kellen uh i don't know man i i think if nothing else the phil stuff is always for entertaining i like i just i don't i would i don't know phil well enough to know if he really is always like that but i i love it for content yeah it's it's hilarious the only time i could or the only thing i could think about the entire time steve is telling all the stories about Phil and then they go into the, go into the Yama sushi or whatever yeah, thing. Yeah, and the dinner. Yeah. The, the only thing I could think about is God, I just want this to be a reality TV show. Like, <sighs> please get a couple cameras in there and let's just have, even if it's for one week a year, Mathis and Phil and troll and get weed in there, whatever, just have them live together. Right. And it just, it would be comedy gold. It's so funny. Oh, and a Ray, like when, when Phil was doing his weekly check-ins, his OSR weekly check-ins, like you, you love that as much as I did. I think you even like a couple of times were like, send me the intro for the wrap up because you knew there was like three minutes of just Phil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, gosh, it was so yeah, funny. It's hilarious. I mean, he's, he just goes on and on yeah. and on. It's just like a free, he's like the Grinch, you know? Uh, I love it. I love it, man. It's, uh, Anyway, he's great. I, I the dinner thing just sounded like a miscommunication. Uh, I, nobody was at fault. Well, I don't. Maybe somebody was at fault, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Everybody needs to calm the fuck down. But I uh, love the race tech yeah. rant. Love the race tech rant. Pulp twenty one to save. And also speaking of saving, uh, pulp twenty five for twenty five percent off at sealsavers dot com. Since nineteen ninety nine, sealsavers has offered the ultimate protection to the off road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products, as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. So, like I said, use that code PULP25. And Seal Savers now available at motosport.com. So you can go to motorsport.com and place an order there if you'd like. All right, more stew talk. Uh, let's get into this one. And RV, I'm buddies with RV. I'm tight with yeah. him. The only guy he ever was scared of, yep. James Stewart. Yep. He always knew I he know. had, he had I... Dunge covered. He had Chad Reed covered. He said he never worried about anybody, but if Stu was on, he was done. And, and so, but are we, are, we being, are we being the grumpy old no, man? No, 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 because okay. I remember conversations, candid ones, hearing guys like Ricky and Chad and these guys saying, well, the nights where James is on, just don't worry about those nights because we're not, we're not going to beat him. Like, No, I could go through this section faster than you can. Just period. You know you can't do it. I can't. So even the nights that like I would go out and, you know, first practice, 
I mean, honestly, like I would be riding from the, the pit to the, the stadium. Like <laughs> they're done. Like I, I just got on track. <laughs> I just feel good. The hand of our setup. Oh, they're, they're in trouble tonight. And yeah, like yeah. I would hit the first lap and just the way it bike felt good. Ride a couple laps, pull off. I'm like, you guys, you guys it's, finished, it's, it's you know? unbelievable. You would skip practices. <laughs> Unfucking believable. Honestly, it was all because I knew that would bother them. You know, like yeah, I, probably, yeah. I need a little bit more time on the track, but to me, like the, the races that I felt like I had the best chances were mud races or the short, short programs where, you know, you couldn't give RC an extra practice section that five minutes free because to me it was like even with Dungy, you know, you show up and, and like he'd be two seconds and then he'd be like a second and a half, then he'd be a second, mm-hmm. then half second, then the guy's kicking your ass in the race. You're like, what's up? And that's just over time of doing laps. And RC used to do a bunch of laps. So for me, the shorter the program, mm-hmm. the less I was on the track, they can sit there and, and the JHs and all that, Rados, they couldn't study, that I'd be better off. So, right. And I knew it bothered him. Tell him this, that talk, again, very open, very uh, honest. I, I thought it was a lot of fun to listen to, but it reminded me of like what we'd hear about McGrath. Like he knew he had his competition beat before he ever got to line. That, that's got to be a good headspace to be in when you're racing. I know. I can't even imagine that. No. Just to walk into a stadium pretty much and be like, ah, oh, it smells good in here. I think I'm going to win tonight. Like, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how they just have that confidence all the time. I mean, I guess when you're the best in the world at something, it, it just comes natural. But yeah, yeah he was, it, it was insane how, how good he was. And it, it was, you know, it was true. He either crashed or he won for three or three straight years or something like that. And yep. he knew he could win every single time he stepped onto the track. So yeah, it's it's fantastic to hear that he himself would play these mind games and, and do these other things just to basically get in their head. Cause he's like, I don't, I don't need anything else. I know I got you beat already, but let's just have some fun with it. Cause like, that's insane to me. Yeah. Hey Ray, how would, uh, how would it go for you if you skip practice? Oh, it would be a yard sale, Bob, <laughs> because I know like it would, I would just get a good start and I would have to push if I didn't ride practice. Yeah. And then I would just, uh, I would eat my freaking crossbar pad case in her <laughs> over jumping something into a berm, land on a tough block. Yeah. You got to get just, comfortable, man. You need some seat. You got to have some laps. Yeah. I would get sketchy. Yeah. I need, I'd, I'd need a few laps to get comfy. Right. Uh, one other thing I didn't cut this, but it was funny where, uh, a Ray was, Steve asked, you know, hey, did you did you hear about finding Stu? We came to the compound. Stu's like, oh, you were gonna find me there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> that was that's funny. I think uh, I just think that that Stu spent so much time there, and yeah, you know whether it. it be good memories or bad memories. Yeah, I think he's kind of over it. So yeah, that that was that was cool. I mean, he said even you know whenever they were talking about that, he he really didn't even, you know, know where he was himself, yeah. you know, in, yeah. that, in that point in time too, which was, which was crazy, which is nice, you know, that, you know, he's back around now and, and, you know, he's, he's in a good spot. Yeah. Well, we got a couple more things on Stu. Uh, his legacy was a big discussion. Villeman posted your quad uh, at Vegas on a 125 on Instagram that the other day. Gross. Osborne, really? Osborne retweeted uh, you through the whoops uh, on a Suzuki at one race. Uh, Zach Osborne did. It's got to make you feel good, Stu, that like it's not just the fans that you left this impression with and that people love so much. Like your peers, like guys that are bad dudes on motorcycles and that are champions that have won so many races are like, this guy blew my mind. Like you just don't see that. RC was on my show talking about that Washuga one where he was slowing down in the back to let you buy. And then you were slowing down because you didn't want to pass him. 
Because yeah. yeah. he's, he's like, dude, I can't let this – like, I – I can't. He'll push me, and I'm going to die. Like James will push me, and I will crash. All this stuff that these people say about you, and you know, we walk the, we do the track walk. Damn it, James! This year, and we're like, that's doable. That's doable, yeah. right there. <laughs> like this is, you've been gone for five years. It is still, everybody like talks about it. The appreciation that I have for the appreciation that other guys have for me, and not like you said, like the fans. Like I really enjoyed that, and and even some of the guys that's you know speaking about me about me like Josh Grant and even JT like I honestly thought you guys hated me on there oh, JT and did because of Chad honestly amazing I'm super appreciative and that's that's part of the reason why I really want to give back in a way and just kind of like talk about whatever you know just kind of yeah. be myself and and it's made me a person where I'm like at ease it's not only do you have fans, you know, like I'm a fan of Tiger Woods and stuff. I want to see him. I don't know what the guy does, but when you got people who've been around you and, and raced against you and maybe had issues or, or whatever it is, when it's those kind, like my, my peers, like you said, yeah. that's special. I'm, I'm grateful. Like I, I, right. I can't tell you enough. I miss every word. And, and for sure, that's, that's a big part of the reason why I just feel so comfortable being able to come on this show, be able to have the podcast and, and like I said, me and Chad, when, in January, we're going to take our kids to Disney. Like, like <laughs> le- legit. Like, and that's the way it is. Uh, A-Ray, so back when Stu was, you know, first start at, starting out in the pros, and people would say, like, oh, he's, he's cocky, right? He would go out and do the sprinkler dance or whatever. And people are the worm. Oh, yeah. And people kind of said that stuff. Like, if, if you didn't like Stu and you listen to this interview, I think it'd be really hard to not like him and say he's pretty humble. And the appreciation oh, shows was was really cool. Yeah, you know, I think I think Steve he really, um, you know, explained it well. You know about his legacy and how you know, like I mean, that's that's us. Every time we we go on the track, like, oh, you think you can quad that? Oh, freaking Steve would do it. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. And, and the way he reacted to it, um, to Steve's you know kind words that you know he was talking about him. I think it was, I think it was good. You know, I mean, he's, I mean, he's grateful for everything. So I think I think that was that was a really good interview. I did too. Uh, the what, best. The bet you think it was the best one ever. Um, I mean, yeah, I think so, man. I mean, yeah, he was kiss assing a little bit, but I mean, you got to it's Stu, Stu. like McGrath and Stu, <laughs> man. Yeah, I mean, how do you yeah. not kiss ass? Uh, <laughs> what about you, Kellen? Where does this where does this interview fall on the podiums of uh, Pulp MX? I think it's right near the top. I mean, I'm I'm a little partial to like some of the ones that that turned into, uh, you know, basically just the classic ones like the Laser Gate with with uh, Tony Alessi. Yeah. And uh, there was one I think eight years ago or something where Dan Dunes and Steve Cox got into it. Like those ones are funny, but this one I think was probably all time for like actual content mm-hmm. that you get out of out of who you're talking to. Like I'm actually really thankful that it was. Uh, Weege and JT in studio with Mathis because I think you get almost any of uh, the other co-hosts that Mathis normally has and they can't get that out of Stu necessarily like I, they would relate to him well but I think because Weege has been around the sport as long as he has and talked to Stu a lot and JT raced Stu and was part of that generation they were just able to draw so much more out of James I think than if you had obviously if you had me I, I wouldn't have been able to ask some of those same questions but um, really most anybody that, that doesn't have that same kind of relationship with Stu in the studio. So it, it was just a great interview all around. 
Wow, I, I like hearing that. Uh, all right, I got one more piece of audio from Stu. Hey, James, you went through a, a long period where I, I'm sure you're aware of this. Uh, we didn't hear much from you for a while, okay? <laughs> I'm sure you're aware of this. You had to kind of trans transfer to like a different part of your life where you weren't the spectacular, I'm going to quad something James Stewart, and now I'm just regular guy James Stewart. And that was a, you know, a thing you had to go through. Are you in a place now where we're going to hear from you more than in those three-year span or whatever that was where you clearly weren't comfortable yet with who you wanted to be after racing? But yeah, 100%. It was kind of about I didn't I didn't want to speak on something that I didn't know where I was going. Mm. Meaning I didn't know if I was like a hundred percent done racing, like or like I'm, look I'm done, or like hey which avenue I was going to go. So it, that's that probably was like the weird part was like well I mean if I come back out then I got to answer the questions like hey are mm. you coming back racing are you coming back and I think like when we did those shows and I finally said look I'm. I'm done. Look at my face. You see, I'm like 200 pounds. Like clearly, I mean, it's <laughs> felt like in a place. As soon as I said that, it was like that freedom of like, look, man, like I, mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing other things. And so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a weird, uh, a weird point because it, it wasn't planned like that. I wasn't planning on like, Hey, see you guys and watch you go. And then I won't see you again for another four years. <laughs> like <laughs> That wasn't a plan, but it, it all worked out that, that way. And again, like there was, was just trying to, you know, figure out next steps, trying to well, I'm gonna create this team, you know, if that's going to work. And then finally, like I said, I, w- I was done racing, but a hundred percent. All right, guys. So again, that's all I have on Stu audio wise. I think we've really covered how great this interview is. The audio, if, if for some reason somebody's listening to this and hasn't listened to Pulp for Monday night, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you, but uh, you got to listen to the whole interview. There's so much good stuff in it. Steve did bring up afterwards, like, I, I thought about bringing up the suspension, and he didn't. But other than that, Kellen, was there anything that you wished Steve had brought up, anything that you were like, man, I want to hear about this, that didn't get asked? I, I would say, and I understand why they, they glossed over it, but, you know, you got a little bit of it there at the end. But when James disappeared, you know, there was some people that have, now got a pretty bad taste in their mouth from James that, you know, I've talked to some people that James was supposed to do this and sponsor obligations and whatever, oh, and, he, yeah. and he didn't. And it would have been nice to at least just hear maybe his side of those stories, because like I said, there are, there are people in this industry that are not fans of James anymore because of the way that he interacted or, or the things that he said he would do or didn't do or promises he made and didn't keep or whatever. Um, and he's never been able to defend himself or never wanted to defend himself. So I think just, you know, from my kind of, I guess, industry perspective of it, it would have been nice to at least hear maybe just a couple, you know, explanations or stories about, you know, what happened from his side of it so that we got his side of a story and it wasn't just all one-sided. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, Ray, anything for you? Um, I would have just, uh, liked to hear some more stuff about maybe training back in the day, like what, what type of training he was doing, um, you know, like past trainers, you know, like working with a little bit with Alden, um, you know, Johnny O, Pablo, just uh, a couple different people, um, just, you know, sort of like the different things. But other than that, I think he, you know, it was, it was awesome to just hear James, you know, back a little bit, you know? Yeah. So does, did this interview wipe out the five years he's been gone? Like, I don't care anymore. We got what we needed. Like he's back. Um, I wouldn't say uh, we need, we need more. We always need more James. 
Okay. Caledonia. Yeah, I need videos I would... of him on Instagram, like bangers of him on Instagram railing a rut or something. <laughs> Scrubbing. Yeah. I, I would say I would say no as well because I I do think that it was a little bit kind of crappy to the fans of his that were so passionate James fans over the years that there was so much uncertainty and no closure and nobody talked to him and stuff like that for a long time. That to me left a little sour taste in my mouth and I still love James and it's great that he's back, but I don't necessarily think that just one, one hour interview is, is one of those things where the fans are like, finally I have closure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And don't forget, Motosport.com now carries seal savers as well as Michelin fly racing, pretty much everything, uh, guts racing, everything under the pulp empire uh sponsor list is found at motorsport.com a couple more things uh the yamaha privateer fund there was a big discussion on how that money might get displayed or put out there this next year a ray um as a guy that may be in contention for that probably not but let's say you I are i hope not yeah i hope not but what did you well, think with about the new one i mean if it involves me fucking whooping chiz's ass i'm all in dude. oh yeah yeah <laughs> That's not going to happen, A-Ray. Let's get realistic. Come on, man. Chiz is the man. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, you got to set your goals high. Somebody, right. You know? But what yeah. do you think about all the talk they had, the different ideas? Weed saying you'll never get a credential again. Uh, you know, with the legalities of, uh, you know, almost not fixing, but almost fixing a race. Like, what did you think about all that? Honestly, Steve called me uh, last week about one of these ideas. Yeah. Um, Asked me if I had any suggestions, um, and I've I've honestly been thinking. Um, I haven't came I haven't came up with anything yet, but uh, you know, like these uh, his idea, man, it's it's not bad. Um, I liked <laughs> the old format, you know, the fifth place in the LCQ with the point system that they had. Yeah, um, it did create a little bit of chaos with people like saving themselves for the LCQ and taking <laughs> dives and sure. you know not making the main on purpose and you know I don't know I thought I thought that was fun because like. It, it actually helped out, you know, Kate and I and some of us who actually were trying to do good and get points because like the some of the like the privateers, you know, they, they might go backwards a little bit in the LCQ, you know, for that money. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah. I mean, for the most part, um, I like the the format the way it is now. Um, but I mean, hey, if you want to make changes, spice things up a bit. I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, I yeah. like it. I love what he's doing, you know, for the privateers. Um it was, you know, I mean, I, it, that's Steve, man. He's just a giver. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Kellen, what about you, bud? Well, hold on. I want to get A-Ray's take. Okay. If in that, in that last race, if they do, the fifth place in the LCQ gets all the money, all 80 grand of that Ooh. money at Salt Lake City, I just want you to take me through how your night show would look. How would you approach that race? First, let me let me say, you would see me roll out like uh, <laughs> you'd see me roll out like uh, my mind's blanking the guy winners take all with the chopper with American yeah Rick Mellon <laughs> Rick Mellon yeah I'd roll it like Rick Mellon with the open face helmet smoke be coming out I'm here boys <laughs> yeah so first thing first thing I would do I would take off the gate of the heat race um, do one lap pull off okay so I have it 
I have the perfect gate pick for the LCQ. Okay. Right? Okay. Like, I mean, perfect all the way on the outside, you know, and then, uh, I would let everybody go. Cause someone's going to go straight. Right. And just clean everyone out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to let the top four guys just go. Okay. And then I'll just start trying to pick people off. And then once I pass enough people, I'll just ride her on in <laughs> for fifth place. 80 grand, man. I oof. see my thing. I was, see, I was talking to Steve, like what do they, or I haven't talked to Steve about this yet, but I feel like Steve could pull this off. Like, you know how they did like the car races um, with like Jeremy and Brian Deacon. What was yeah, that yeah. show? Uh, the, um, moto, the moto fight club thing. Yeah. Moto fight club. What if they did a moto fight club, a pulp and max one, but like a B main for privateers only and make it one big purse, televise it and put it like in Billings, Montana, like at one of the fairgrounds up there, um, you know, put it, you know, somewhere up there by, by fly. Yeah. Fly racing, like up there. Um, they find, yeah. Find like an arena, like, a I don't know, some type of arena and have like an arena cross race where you just fucking kill people <laughs> and winner, winner take all dude. Uh, I think Steve, I don't, like- I don't, Go ahead. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think Steve wants that. I think he wants like the the chaos, chaos involved the with like messing up. Yeah, messing up this like perfectly pristine staged event that Supercross is. He wants to like insert his chaos into that. He like doesn't want to go up and do his yeah. own thing. Yeah, like like he talked about you know stroking the cat and going into Prater's <laughs> office. Like I think he kind of wants that drama. Hello, Dave. Yeah, I told told him, I actually, I sent him a text today and I told him that, uh, call Prater, Pulpamex B main at the last round. He just, he just texts back. I need a cat. (laughs) (laughs) cat. Yeah. I was, I was happy that I got two compliments on this on Monday night. I got the compliment with my idea. They said it wasn't bad. And then weeds gave me a compliment for some of the writing I've been doing. So like, I, I feel like there's a change going on and I'm scared if that the world's coming to an end, but I, I, I also liked it. No, nah, man, you're just taking that leap. You've been grinding. You know, it's your time. Well, I appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm trying. Hey, I'm team dark side. I, okay. I appreciate you. Hey, Ray, I do. You've, you've always been since day one, man. Houston, Houston in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Pulp and mixed fantasies back. Signups are open. We got the new mulligan option. Lots of stuff going on there. JT's back in industry idiots. And did you guys hear the drop that it, it's definitely a drop. Did you hear what he said? Anybody remember? Clearly not. I have no idea. Clearly not. That's fine. Here we go. Listen to this. We're all I'm mad. ready to expose myself. I'm ready to expose myself. I'm ready to expose myself. JT is, <laughs> JT is ready nice. to expose himself. Uh, fantasy's back, Kellen. Are we excited? I'm excited, yes. Um, but I'm also remaining reserved about it because I feel like I get too hyped, too excited. Like, Oh, this is the year. This is, I'm going to make all my money back. It's going to be fantastic. And then by like round three, I'm I'm already, you know, mid pack of everybody and hating it. So, uh, I'm going to get to like round five. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play this a little bit. Like, like Eli Tomek, like I'm going to get to round five and see how, how, the, how the field is doing, how everything's going before I get really excited and, and yeah. start going for the win. Well, I signed up last night. I think it was maybe the night before I'm excited. I'm, I want the TTR 110 because I don't have an e-bike and I could ride, make a rut track with the 110 in my backyard. So 
I don't even remember how that's being given away, but I want it. So, uh, A-Ray, you excited? You don't play. You just – No, I don't really play, but I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to, to, you know, repost all the people that pick me and with the, the are you sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, it is open, Pulp Mix Fantasy. Go get signed up. Uh, you can play for free, just not eligible for prizes, but sign up, man. I think it was – if you pre-sign up, I think it was like thirty-five bucks for both seasons for for outdoor and indoor. Fuck, just go go sign up. Do it tonight. Uh, last two things, two pieces of audio before we wrap this thing up. Weege's mountain bike kit. Uh, let's listen and then we'll talk. Taser ride today was fun. I was wearing my Justin Brayton uh, ten cycles shirt and my ten cycle socks. You were not supporting anything for JB, so. He had a bunch of fire racing stuff on. He didn't give me any uh, kit, uh, the Can cycling side. I was afraid because so your kit I, was a complete disaster. What it goes on with you? What do you mean? Like your helmet? You have a yeah. road biking helmet yes. for mountain biking, yeah. and the MIPS is broken. Yes, uh, and there's a huge dent in it from a bad crash you yes. took that I took bef- the week before uh, Red Bud Motocross the Nations twenty. That was twenty eighteen. I said to him, "Did you bring glasses?" He's like, I never wear glasses when I ride. No, that so he's no. got a helmet, a road, a road biking helmet on a mountain yes, bike. But I got the helmet for free with no glasses, so he just gets branches in the eyes and leaves. What and if it's stuff. sunny? Like I don't know. His fly racing kit is. Six to seven years old, JT. It was bad. But Steve was saying, "Thing is gigantic it's cold, on you. You need a jersey. It's long sleeves. Pick something from the you rack." You looked like Gandalf. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I okay, it was solid. I he think. said he's got clips, but lost them at Utah. So now he's on flats. Yeah, I had fly racing shoes with clips, but I lost them. Yeah. So I got. I switched you're, to flats. You are a complete mess. Yeah. You had a jersey on, but then you had some sort of khaki jersey on underneath that. Because Steve said wear long sleeves because it's cold today. So I put. A jersey. I picked the white jersey that would have matched with my cycling kit, but then you said it was too large. So then the only one that fit was brown. So I had red, white, and brown. Fuck my ass. <laughs> Kellen, what is Weege's deal? We know he's cheap, but he could get all this stuff for free. It's not that hard. All he has to do is say, JT, send me something, and he's hooked up. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know how anybody is surprised because I'm not. Even though, even though. He could just text JT and get that. That's not how Weeds lives his life. Weeds likes to live on just the the ragged edge of like, do I even need this? Do I need to have this in my life? Right. And so okay. he's perfectly fine with just running the old ragtag stuff. Like he he is the Rick Mellon of mountain biking. He's going to show up with everything all tattered, ragged uh, up, and still have a good time. So I'm not, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, a Ray, what, what can we? How do we help Weege out? Can we help Weege? No, you can't because he's got someone who who works for Fly sitting right next to him. Yeah. He can't even. Yeah, no, nah, he's he's the lost cause for but, that. You know what I mean? You know, isn't it maybe kind of cool that Weege doesn't really care? Like, he's honestly like he's he's a soul riding trail boss is what it is. Yeah, yeah, he's the epitome of that. That's true. Is he going to be invited to the Berm Lord? He's all. Everybody's welcome in Berm Lords. <laughs> yeah. Now the Black Sock Mafia is a little different, but Berm Lords, we take everybody. Uh, all right. Last piece of audio, and this is just a little bit to make fun of Steve because, look, I've said on here so many times, I'm always impressed with how much Steve r- retains uh, details of races, you know, finishes, things that happen. He's just very, very knowledgeable. So when this happened, I laughed. Can Marty ride 250 Supercross? He's been gone for a year. You're good, right? 
Is it just one year? So you, now you want him to go back to 250 Super Bowl? No, no, I'm just wondering for the team. Like, can, can he step in? Well, what's like, your if, definition of gone for a year? What do you mean? What do you mean he's been gone for a year? He raced 450 Supercross last year. He <laughs> this raced year. in 2021? Yes! <laughs> so he can't then. He's out. Because he finished top 20. Remember Marty You remember in Atlanta? Yeah. yeah. Was that he this year? I don't whoops. know. This is fucking all yeah, blended. So first time we've so, ever been to the Speedway. He so, crashed in the whoops seven times yeah, in and one race. He did. And then he announced <laughs> his retirement after like a practice day, press day crash. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. So yeah. Marty can't race. 250s, because he's still in top 20. That heat so. race was one of the greatest things I've ever it witnessed. It was so awesome. Yeah, yeah. There is a chance that this team will also race the Australian Supercross Championships, including Davalos. They put wow. that out there. Anyway, that was just a little bit of fun, because I, I like every once in a while, Kellen, when Steve makes a mistake, it makes me feel like he's human when it comes to what he knows about the sport. Uh, yes, but I will give him a little bit of a mulligan, because... I feel, personally speaking, that this whole COVID situation has made time feel like it's infinitely long and also like narrowly short. That is so true. Even, even myself, I get tripped up. Like I, I feel like Anaheim won 2020 was like yesterday. And we, we keep joking like, oh, here comes Indy Supercross. Like Daytona just happened. Indy Supercross is coming this weekend because it, it has felt like super fast that we've gotten to 2022 already in a sense. But it also feels like this whole thing has been so long that some of those things that happened, you know, towards the like the Salt Lake City Seven feels like three years ago to me now. But then I feel like I can remember A1 2020 like it was yesterday. True. And those two things don't, you know, cross over in the same spectrum. So I, I could understand how he was a little confused. The COVID fog. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, but it doesn't really drive home trying to make a little bit of fun of Steve. So thanks a lot for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to just stay from my perspective. You're good, man. You're good. I want to thank once again motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers. Once again, Seal Savers available at motorsport.com now. Uh, and all the other Pulp Mix sponsors, pulpmixshow.com, sponsor deals tab. All the all the discounts and links are there. And if they're not, use the contact form at pulpmixshow.com and Steve will try to help you out. I want to thank Alex Ray and Kellen Brower. Before we go, A-Ray, anything that you want to touch on that I didn't cover? I just love that they always use my drop. Oh, yeah. We got it. There's a <laughs> bunch of good ones. Yes, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah, you, very, very good one. I like that one. That's a good one. Kellen, anything else? <laughs> no, nah, man. I'm all good. AlexRay.co, dude. Hit him up. Dude, AlexRay.co. We got that new hoodie. Um, we're sold out of a few of the sizes. I think medium and 2X, but we still got a couple 3X. We got large, XL. Uh, just go to AlexRay.co. Get you some merch before the season starts because it's going to go quick. I got some new stuff coming. I got some flannels. I got some beanies, hats, everything coming. So everybody stay tuned for that. It's going to be fucking awesome. I need to place an order, man. I got to do that. I have Cade Clayson stuff. No, no, no sketchy. Dude, what the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah, oh, I, I, got, man. Bro. I got a Cade hey, shirt. I'm telling you, you need one of these hoodies, dude. I spent extra money building these hoodies. Yeah. And these things are freaking nice. Let me tell you, man. Kiefer, when I was in studio at Pulp, he gave me one of the new hoodies with the new logos. That is the most comfortable hoodie I've ever. That, that material is magical. But I'll, I'm gonna oh, buy, yeah. I'm gonna buy one of yours. I'll check it out, and uh, yeah, I'll ha maybe I'll have it at A1. Okay, awesome. I like that. All right, guys, that's it for uh, this episode of the Pulp Mix Wrap Up Show. I'm Dark Side for the Moto X Pod Show. Hit me up at darkside at pulpmix.com. Questions, comments, complaints, whatever, criticism. I'll take it. I'll read it. 
Other than that, that's it. No show next week. We'll be back soon. We are out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? See you.